What's up, everybody? Welcome to What the Funcast, episode 85, recorded and released today, Tuesday, July 28th. What feels like the 85th episode at home. Well, I guess while being quarantined. Anyways, I'm one of your hosts, and joining me is uh, the ASMR king, Ahmed Gooey Broccoli. <laughs> I scratched my beard once into the mic by accident. Paul's like, wow, beard scratching ASMR. It was, it was disgusting. Would you like a demonstration? I mean, you have to now. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally the worst. Literally the worst. Literally. It's what I hear in my head all the ready? time. <laughs> well, is that Listen. the Contigo Professional 2.0 water bottle? <laughs> Listen to the sweet sound of the water bottle. <laughs> Hold on, wait, ready? Listen to this one, ready? Oh my god. No, How's the spit take? Ready? What are you doing? I can't hear anything. He's trying to make sounds out of a banana peel. <laughs> Shh, if anyone's hold on, wait, wondering. Wait, it's going to work. Is it? Shh. Anyways, I'm just making <laughs> I don't a mess. hear anything. I'm making a mess, and I'm not getting anywhere. I was going to smack the banana across the microphone, but that would not be a good idea. <laughs> just smack it on the microphone? Oh, here, ready? Hey, guys. This is a good one. <laughs> Welcome to What the ASMR. Oh, my God. Is that a, a can? It's a light bulb. I can't see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh anyways um oh welcome to God. your weekly uh shit cast <laughs> literally <laughs> all right a disaster anyways thanks for listening if you still do yeah i know right where's where's that estonian person remember we had a, a listener in estonia we have to check the stats where are they today we'll check check our analytics and see where our video or our viewers are listeners viewers Listeners. Lis- I don't know. listeners who's viewing us nobody on youtube they get uploaded to youtube that's true you could be viewing a constant image a static image <laughs> i love the what the fun cast album art i just like to stare at it for 56 minutes every week on tuesdays oh thank you i worked so hard on it There's i do a lot of i do concept like art i do like <laughs> a lot of Anyways, this is What the Funcast, episode 85, on the road to 100. Yes, we're still quarantined. Yes, the world is still on fire. But you are here to not hear about that. You're here to hear us banter, us scratch things against the microphone, and uh, give you all the the hot tops, the hot pots, whatever Ahmed decides to call it this week. Uh, There's the hot pots from last week. I didn't change it. I couldn't think of anything funnier. The hot pots. I love, <laughs> love hot pot. Yeah. Aren't hot pots the things like the... What are hot pots? Hot pot. You know, that's a good question. Hot pot is. It's like a type of Chinese cuisine. Yeah. It is also known as soup food or steamboat. It's a Chinese cooking method. A simmering pot of soup stock at the dining table Mm. filled with, you know, things, obviously. Interesting how I love (laughs) soup in 100 degree weather. Oh, my God. So there's a ramen restaurant that opened up like right before COVID. I guess it opened up like. Did they close? This past. No, they reopened, but, like, and people go, so, hold on, there's a ramen restaurant that opened, like, back in December, like, before COVID, when it was still cold, and you're like, yes, I want a nice hot bowl of ramen on this cold winter day. So, obviously, they've been closed with COVID, but restaurants are now reopened with, like, outdoor dining, so they finally reopened after a while. I thought for sure that they were just going to shut down, because, like, they barely got their, you know, feet on the ground, and then COVID happened. But they reopen with their little outdoor dining setup, and people are actively sitting out there in, like, 99 degrees in, like, 100% humidity, slurping ramen. Like, are you guys okay? Honestly, they're thriving. You're the one that's wrong. Are they? I clearly, I cannot imagine 
consuming more hot spicy food while already being hot and spicy from the air. You're right. It just doesn't seem like a good You're time. You're right. They do have like appetizers, but the people were act like I saw them with my eyes. Like the steam was coming off of the ramen. Mm. It's like y'all, this isn't the move. I, like, that's a uh, that's a bikes, a big yikes. <laughs> a bikes. <laughs> Stupid. Anyways, Anyways, let's move on to our normally scheduled programming here. What have you been up to, good sir, over the past week? What's wrong with your cup? Uh, nothing. I'm just spinning it. Oh, <laughs> just spinning my cup. Swirling your water. Anyways. Um, I finished Rami Season 2, which I didn't like in the beginning as much, but then it got, it got kind of better. I don't know. I think the issue that I have with it is that Rami's just an idiot. Like, everyone that shows is just an idiot, and they make such stupid decisions. And, like, I don't know. Maybe it's it's well-written, and it's well-acted, and everything, and it's, it's, like, it's a good show overall, but maybe it just hits too close to home for me, because from my perspective, I don't know, like being very similar to the main character i'm like you're so stupid why would you do that i'm like i see what he's doing wrong and i can't tell him just like when you're listening to the podcast and you hear us say something wrong and you can't tell us i imagine it's a very frustrating experience so <laughs> i feel your pain you mean when you season. say something wrong that's incorrect you've said something wrong before maybe i don't remember what it was maybe like once mm, maybe twice yeah. maybe once but then you've done it like 20 times more untrue moving on <laughs> um besides that um just played a bunch of overwatch watched tomorrowland around the world a live stream which was actually pretty cool i was like wait a um, second you watched tomorrowland like the movie with george clooney thankfully no the the edm festival yes 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 i also watched that um, it was very cool so it was funny because i was watching the ww 20xx live stream and mm-hmm. like I thought that was kind of cool for, like, pulling it together and it's free and everything. And then Tomorrowland did a really good job. Like, I know we have our nitpicks and, like, the Sims are all jumping in the same direction and they're, you know, all wearing the same <laughs> colored shirts and everything. Um, you know, but I think overall it was great. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if you read that article that I had sent, but basically they built physical, like, actual sets and they brought over every performer, artist, DJ, whatever, to the physical locations around the world. And recorded, like, with actual cameras, like, all those swooping shots and things and these big green screen sets. Um, so that would actually have, like, when they do those kinds of pans with, you know, all the CGI, um, it looks really realistic. And I think it worked really well. They got, like, 300 terabytes of raw footage. I saw that, and I was like, holy shit, is, that's so much data. Yeah, it's insane. So it, it was definitely... So this was the first ever paid virtual festival. Um which I think, I don't know, like, considering the amount of work and, and effort that it went into it, like, it was pretty polished. Like, it was it was really cool. The only My only nitpick was the audio quality, really. I wish that was better. Which I don't think was a big deal to, like, normal people. Like, to me, it was fine. Like, but then again, I listen yeah. to, like, garbage quality EDM sets on YouTube all the time. So, <laughs> well, and yeah. so if my standards are low, then, you know, whatever. But the one thing that I was thinking about is, like... I don't know, a lot of the sets didn't feel like Ultra sets or, like, Tomorrowland sets where, like, DJs are playing new and old music. Like, a lot of them were, hey, here's, like, all new music and, like, not like Deep House sets, but not their normal sets, which I thought was weird. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, usually, so there was no Ultra this year, and Ultra is, like, the festival where, like, it determines all the songs that are going to be, like, the songs of the summer. So usually by the time Tomorrowland rolls around, 
in real life, like when it's actually not a virtual festival, all those songs are then established. So you end up like hearing a lot of the same songs, but by then they're familiar, so it's more exciting. Whereas now there has been no festival season. There's just been a bunch of people playing <laughs> on their living rooms. So they're like, like, wait a second, let me try like, this one. Maybe this one. Okay, I can't see if anybody's moving. All the Sims are jumping. <laughs> exactly. So you get like, because yeah, also part of it's the crowd interaction. Like the the DJs haven't had a chance to like test their tracks in different club settings or whatever to see what works and what doesn't. That's very so true. So they have no like barometer to you know measure what works and what doesn't. So yeah, I I would I would certainly agree with that. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was still pretty cool. I would I would pay for a virtual festival again if it was of that caliber. Yes. Um, I assume that a lot of like shady small companies are going to try to charge for festivals, and they're going to be not great. <laughs> I yeah. I think there was like a Minecraft festival, and I was like, mm, this seems sketchy. Oh my god, with like but, a million people performing or whatever, right? Yeah. I didn't hear anything about that. There was It was like 9,000 artists. I'm like, who? What? Yeah, that's Where one of those things. I think there's a lot of that where it's... You put people in this pandemic situation, there's a lot of new... And there's a lot of stuff that like catches traction. There's a lot of stuff that falls flat, and you just don't hear about it, or it's done and it never happens again, kind of thing. And or it was a total yeah. failure, much like we'll talk yep. about a couple of those coming up here shortly. So <laughs> I was just gonna say we'll talk about that shortly. Um, but besides that, what have you done? So um, done I also watched Tomorrowland, uh, and then I've played some Overwatch, and then what? Else? So I started Paper Mario: The Origami King. I finally got it. I got it on Friday, and then I was busy watching Tomorrowland all weekend, so I didn't really get to play too much of it. But I did start it up, and it seems pretty good so far. The battle system does seem like it'll get repetitive, but I'm excited. It's very pretty. It's very charming, like everyone said. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to putting some time into it, hopefully getting some enjoyment out of it. But as I said on the last podcast, I got some new indie games that I want to play. So now that I finally have some time to like sit down and play, I actually brought the Switch dock down here. Uh, actually, no, I didn't bring Switch Dock. I brought Switch Charger down here, so I put the dock here so I can finally start streaming. And as we'll talk about shortly here, Animal Crossing is finally going to allow me to back up my goddamn save data and play it so I can see my <laughs> island on full HD screens. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, so am I. So, But we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, all that being said, uh, what else did we do? Um, I watched uh, the John Mulaney special which i said last week that was last week anyways never mind i haven't done yeah. shit so <laughs> that's that I, I made my breakthrough my triumphant return back to video games there's a lot of games i want to play like carrion by devolver digitals on game pass it's like you play you might enjoy this game you play like a monster like the like like the blob monster that like kills people like the scientists in a lab like the very stereotypical horror movie from the 80s kind of thing so if you look okay. it up it's c-a-r-r-i-o-n carrion so you may like it. it's free on game pass to try so, yeah, why not? Anyways, wait, you didn't even talk about The Wolf Among Us. Did you play that this week or no? I haven't touched oh. it since I first played it, but I plan on playing it this week. Whack. <laughs> now that I have. <laughs> Listen, now that I've been called funny. out. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, basically, moving into some soupy news, uh, let's go ahead and. Soupy news? Oh, yeah, the hot pots. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> let's What's move soupy? into the entertainment news here. Like I told you before, I know nothing about what happened. So, walk me through this. So. I mean, I, I really only learned about this as I was gathering because I like I've heard various things about it. So Comic Con at home happened this weekend in place of San Diego Comic Con, um, and immediately it was apparent that it was not planned very well. I mean, the fact that they were able to gather all of the talent, like casts and 
and directors and writers and producers and things of all the media that were you know talked about in all these panels is a feat in and of itself and that deserves praise and the fact that it was all offered for free there was no charge for anything like that's awesome great the issue is that they so every time a panel like time came for the panel or whatever they would just upload the full video to youtube and that's it it wasn't actually streamed live so any panel that was like an hour long where they're like oh well we have something special at the end like you could just skip to the end of the video and see what the special announcement was if there was anything and then just move on with your life there was no reason to sit through the hour of the panel um which i'm sure some people did but apparently not that many so according to variety they have a uh they did kind of an analysis and they determined that it was a bust um so to quote from their article here despite a-list panels for the walking dead star trek universe two keanu reeves two keanu reeves movies um comic-con at home cast a pale shadow in comparison to comic-con of recent years perhaps the starkest example yet of what we lose when we lose the live experience um, according to data from social media analytics firm Listen First, tweets that mentioned Comic-Con at home were down 95% from the 2019's l- version of the live convention. Oof, yikes. Um, just 93,000 tweets over the five-day event against 1,719,000 tweets in 2019. Holy shit, um, that's terrible. Yeah, tweets about the top 10 TV events were similarly down 93%, and tweets about the top five movie panels were down a shocking 90, 99%. Um, so it clearly did not go too well, um, in terms of like actual engagement. I mean, I was, I don't know, I feel like with San Diego Comic-Con, I'm not really actively tweeting about much, but like when something is announced, it's exciting. I really didn't hear anything about like any big announcement except for the new mutants. And I know that there were a few other announcements that we've gathered here. There was a lot of like random side announcements about like things that no one really cares about. So like the walking dead. Yes. Well, that was, like, one of the better announcements. Other things are like, oh, a new episode of Rick and Morty. Like, okay, that's not an announcement, but sure. Um, let's see here. There's something about YouTube. Oh, so the the biggest success, obviously, was the, the New Mutants in terms of, like, engagement. It had the biggest social media impact. Um, so let's see. To date, the film's panel has logged just 208,000 views on YouTube since July thir- uh, 23rd, thanks largely to discussion... Uh, thanks largely to the decision to debut a first look at the opening scene for the film within the panel itself. Um, but that's about it. Like, the ad for that panel received 303,000 views. I don't know. Like, it, it didn't... Nothing really got too much engagement, which is kind of sad because, I don't know, like, again, we were just saying how this is all brand new territory for everything in terms of, you know, virtual events and whatnot, so... Um, I was kind of hoping that this would be good because now I'm more worried about what's going to happen with New York Comic Con and how they're going to handle a virtual event. Maybe maybe they'll learn from this and this was kind of, you know, I'm sure they're taking notes. So moving on to what was actually announced, or do you have any more comments about <laughs> how no, much of a failure it was? No, I just, I, I'm with you. I didn't hear anything. I saw an article about The Walking Dead and it, I didn't even piece it together like, oh, you know... This came out of uh, the San Diego Comic-Con thing. The only thing I know for San Diego Comic-Con is I wanted one Funko Pop, and the Funko store was a disaster. Like, it was so bad. And apparently this is like a new normal for Funko, where their site just continues to crash after every major release. So, Which is unfortunate, because then it's like, 
in a flash, you know, like everything's gone, and which is just like real life. So I guess it's accurate. So it's um, it really is just like yeah. lining up for actual pops of the con. But what's nice, well, what's nice is that you know they share it with, uh, they share all those with different retailers, so you can still have a chance to get it from like a different retailer and not have the little San Diego Comic Con sticker. So which is not a big deal to me. So I ended up getting the one that I wanted, just not from Funko. So thank you, Box okay. Lunch, for also selling out in five minutes. <laughs> That's better than negative one minutes. True. Um, but yeah, so besides that, there were an actual few announcements, um, which I've gathered from IGN here. Well, I've gathered the ones that I think are the most relevant or most exciting. I'm sure there are other ones that will be more exciting to other people. So, you know, go look it up on IGN. Um, but this one I thought was really cool. So uh, we got a first look at a new Hulu original series called Hellstrom. Um, Hellstr- so to quote, Hellstrom showrunner Paul... Paul, you're Polish. You can pronounce this one. <laughs> what does that say? Zbzieszki? Sure. Hellstrom showrunner Paul Z. And cast Tom Austin, Sidney Lemon, Elizabeth Marvel, Robert Wisdom, and Ariana Guerrera, June Carroll, and Alan or Elaine Oi. Um, offered a sneak peek look and conversation uh, around bringing Marvel's Hellstrom to life as a Hulu's next horror series. Um, so I had no idea what this was, um, but I did watch the little trailer that they premiered during the panel. It looks pretty good. Uh, from Wikipedia, Hellstrom is based on a Marvel Comics character's Damon and Satana Hellstrom. It tells a standalone story within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so it looks pretty interesting. I'm surprised that it's actually part of a, the MCU and not just kind of a, a standalone thing that happens, you know, elsewhere. Um, so that's cool. Um, apparently a Mega Man movie is still happening during IGN's Comic-Con. I didn't IGN's even know this was happening to begin with, but okay. Neither did I. <laughs> during IGN's Comic-Con at home live stream, uh, for their film project, uh, Power, sorry, for their film Project Power, Juiced and Shulman were asked about the Mega Man film they've been attached to since 2018. I think we're going to have some big news about it soon, was the response. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, The Walking Dead, like you mentioned, is somehow still walking. Um, the Walking Dead viewers have been stuck in limbo for months with the show's season 10 finale being delayed uh, due to coronavirus concerns. Fortunately, the wait is almost over. We learned that the finale that everyone has been waiting for will now air on August, uh, October 4th, following immediately by or followed immediately by the long-awaited series premiere of The Walking Dead World Beyond. Um, but the plan is to now extend season 10 by six episodes, which will air in early 2021, followed by season 11, also in 2021. I don't know who's still. They're calling it the like show, a. I was reading an article about it. They're calling it like a 10C. So I guess they usually have like 10A, 10B, midseason finale, and then the second half. And now this yeah. is going to become like a 10C. So they're prolonging. I think that they may have had like a cliffhanger in the finale that they might not be able to act on soon enough. So they probably extended that cliffhanger. So instead of the initial cliffhanger being in what would have been the finale. They'll now put it at the end of the six episodes that are coming in October. Would be my but guess. Like, when do they have the time to film those extra six episodes? Or were these originally supposed to be part of season eleven? They were likely going to be part of season eleven, so they may have pushed back. Like, I don't know. It was probably a nightmare um, for them to go through and and cut and recut and everything. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going on on that show anymore. But you know, if you're in it, Godspeed. Oh to you. no, I have no idea. But they're doing a, a, now a third show. So you have Fear the Walking Dead, Walking Dead, and Walking Dead World Beyond. So. Um, and then the it's then awesome. the then the Rick Grimes movies are coming out too at some point. At some point, those I feel like we won't see those until like twenty twenty two. And then last but not least, uh, obviously the New Mutants, which I just talked about, 
at the end of this, so previously, or on our last episode, we had talked about there was a rumor that this was going to be released on Disney+. Plus. Um, at the end of this panel, it still said that it is scheduled for theatrical release on August 28th, which I will believe it when I see it. Um, I saw an article, I forgot what source it was from, but someone had uh, talked to the director or creators about why they wouldn't even consider you know, Hulu or Video On Demand or anything. Um, and the answer was something along the lines of contractual obligations and that the movie has to be released in theaters first uh, before it can move to VOD, which I don't know why they wouldn't just consider renegotiating the contracts considering the movie should have been out like three years ago at this point. But who knows? Yeah. We shall see. Um, speaking of movies that I'll believe it when I see it when they actually come out, no more movies 2020. Basically everything has been delayed. Um do you want to do this one or should I just sure I actually I actually read up on this one prior to uh, to now so obviously we know the situation with movie theaters movie th- I think Regal actually just pushed back their opening hold on I oh, saw have no some. Regals ever opened uh oh Regal Cinemas and AMC theaters set new reopening dates for movie theaters Regal announced Tuesday that it plans to reopen August twenty first um. I know some AMC's already open, are they not? AMC now plans to open in mid to late August. The company currently has a third of its locations in Europe and the Middle East open and operating normally. Ah, okay. And probably in places that, you know, have better control of coronavirus situation, but who's counting? Um, (laughs) So Hollywood Reporter reports on all of these moves so disney kind of did a huge uh, a huge push on almost all of their movies here and then we have even more movies that got pushed uh which i believe is well we'll get there in a second we'll start with disney mulan is off the release schedule completely there's no date set so it's delayed indefinitely right now this makes me worrisome for soul which was not delayed yet but it's i don't know uh, we'll see what happens i hope that i mean i my selfish self would rather it come to video on demand and Disney Plus, but I know that it will not do. Well, maybe it'll do as well. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I just want to see that damn movie. So, honestly, same. Mulan's off the schedule entirely. No date set. The next Star Wars trilogy, as well as Avatar's, wait for it, and you probably know this already. Two, three, four, <laughs> and five are all delayed by a full year each. So the new Star Wars dates are coming out now on. Um, uh, 12, 12, 22, 23, so December 22nd, 2023, December 19th, 2025, and December 17th, 2027. It's always funny because you look at these dates, and the next thing you know, we're there. So it's going to happen again. Honestly, yeah, that seems so far away. I'll be like 100 by then. I know, me, but, me too. You know. um, so then, you know, going through, uh, this one comes from Twitter, uh, written by Ahmad, who reports Avatar 2, which was originally scheduled to be released in December 2014. December 2014, that was six years ago, folks, is being delayed oh was oh anyways i see what they did here hold on avatar 2 which was originally scheduled to be released in december 2014 before being delayed to december 2015 then to december 2016 then to december 2017 then to december 2018 then to december 2020 then to december 2021 has just been delayed to december 2022 (laughs) for context avatar 1 came out in 2009 who wants these movies anymore? Like, yeah, this is. I mean, talk ugh. about like I don't know what the hell James Cameron's doing, um, but it just, just James Cameron things. I don't know. It's exhausting. It's it's just ridiculous. So, uh, anyways, I, I don't know. Not a big surprise on the Avatar piece. I know that they're losing revenue because you know if these movies would come out already, 
Pandora, the world of Avatar in Animal Kingdom, admission would likely go up for that. And, you know, that would be a good opportunity to make more money. But obviously, we know the state of the parks right now. So everything's kind of in limbo. I'm convinced Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5 are never coming out. But that's just my opinion. So I also don't know what story do they got to tell. Like, what could possibly happen for four more movies? Didn't we report like, at one point that Avatar 2 was going to have the same villain or something like we? that? I don't know. I vaguely remember I don't this. remember. So, anyways. So, now, on the other side of the house, this one comes from Variety. A Quiet Place 2, Top Gun Maverick, both delayed until 2021. So, um, you know, they report that A Quiet Place 2, A Quiet Place Part 2, sorry, starring John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, will release in theaters on April 23rd, 2021, instead of September 6, 2020. Top Gun Maverick, a sequel to Tom Cruise's 1986 classic, will take flight on July 2nd, 2021, nearly six months after its original date of December 23rd, 2020. Along with Thursday's announcement, the studio also set Sonic the Hedgehog 2, a follow-up to this year's box office smash, to open on April 8, 2022. Other changes to the calendar include a new Jackass film, which was pushed back from July 2021 to September 3, 2021, under the boardwalk set for July 22, 2022, The Tiger's Apprentice, uh, which was pushed from February 11, 2022 to February 10, 2023. All of these, in my opinion... Are just kind of, it's like okay i mean what are you gonna do they're pushed back a full year i mean the, yeah, the biggest ones that hurt the most are the mulans the jungle cruises the ones we've seen good amount of footage from that are no longer coming out so top gun maverick for some people uh quiet place part two for some people those will, will hurt a little more than i'm people i'm people about quiet Place. that's part what two. i figured i, I was gonna say that but I, was, I didn't want to call you out on it so um <laughs> it's fine you know so it's sonic the hedgehog 2 as well i like sonic uh, Sonic 2 as well, but Sonic Sonic 2 is pushed out to 2022, so I mean, it's it's yeah, whatever. I'm it's not fine. as worried about it. I'm just wondering what's going to happen with the Oscars, considering there have been no movies. Like, I feel like the only notable movies that have come out this year are Birds of Prey and Palm Springs, the Hulu original with Andy Samberg. <laughs> like, Palm and Springs. And Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That's like the indie sleeper hit, I think, that would, that's going to get nominated. But, like, those are the only three movies that have, like, made any kind of splash, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't it's know. It's going to be interesting if there even is an Oscar. I was going to say, I couldn't February. even tell you what really was, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. But you know what else is disappointing and sad? What is? The hot pots for gaming. <laughs> so It's not that sad. It's just the first part that's underwhelming. It's vastly underwhelming. So let's jump right into it. So we talked last week that I guess it was going to be the next day, right? Where it was Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Where Xbox yes. is going to have their large gaming event pretty much hyped up to be their biggest show yet to see what is going to compel people to buy the Xbox Series X over the PlayStation 5. And granted, full disclosure... Um, four score and seven years ago, I started playing video games, <laughs> and I started with a Nintendo Entertainment System. You may have recognized it as the NES. Long story short, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> long story short, I pretty much played. Let me think. I played NES, and then my uncle had a Super Nintendo that I used to play, and I and I used to play Sega Genesis at the time. Then I got a Nintendo sixty four. Then I got a PS two. And was super into PlayStation games and started playing PS1 games at the same time as well. So I had a PS2, then I got an Xbox 360. It's all I ever wanted. It was an Xbox 360 and a Wii. And I got the Xbox 360. I was diehard Xbox fan. Also got a PS3 later on, played Uncharted, played the exclusives, got them out of the way, whatever. 
but really, really adored my Xbox. Bought Xbox One at launch, bought a PS4 later on. Um, of course, I bought every Nintendo system at launch. Yeah, that goes without saying. So, except for GameCube. <laughs> they're just they're just always they're there. They're just always there. And I have had my allegiance more to the PlayStation space than I've had in the Xbox space. And that's more because every time I look on Xbox, like there's games that I play and like I'll you know, Gears of War I used to play all the time and whatever. That's kind of faded away now. Now it's more along the lines of what kind of single player, immersive Spider Man type game do I want to play? Uncharted, Last of Us. Those are all the games that I enjoy playing. I realize that's not what everybody likes to play. Some people like the more PC-centric sort of Xbox, like, not stereotypical, but the what the PC game used to be back in the day, which is... Just say it. Shooters. Shooters. <laughs> Just say FPS. Shooters, but also, like, Stalker. Like, I don't know what Stalker released on, but I feel like it was an old PC game. Could be wrong. It was an old PC game. I want to say it was also an old Xbox game, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm... Yeah, it was an old PC game. Yeah. So, and, like, you know, they one of their announcements, spoiler, is Stalker 2. And people were losing their minds. So, it's a console launch exclusive. It's still not an exclusive, but... So, we'll get, I'll get there in a second. So, Halo was one of the staples. Oh, I got an original Xbox 2, but that was after PS2. After my love for PS2 started to wear off. And I got, it, I got an original Xbox solely for Halo Combat Evolved. Like, that was a game I played at a friend's house, and I was like, holy crap, this is the coolest shooting game I've ever played in my entire life. So, it was the vehicles, it was everything. So, Halo has always had a special place in my heart. Then Halo 2 came out with online multiplayer. Halo 3 came out, which was, like, my favorite Halo of all time. And then Halo 4 came out, and I just dropped off because there was such a gap in time. But anyway, all that to say, I am fully in Xbox's court, and I want them to succeed. But they did not do anything for me with this presentation. And I'm disappointed, and I'm upset, and I'm out for revenge. Not really, but... <laughs> I'm out for revenge. So... Um, But anyway, so The Verge did a nice recap. Ahmed placed it all here very nicely. So let's just go through it, and then we can talk through each of the games here. We both kind of watched it. Um, I went through and actually rewatched the Halo Infinite gameplay because there's been so much criticism all over the internet that it's kind of crazy. So um, these are actually categorized by... So through the presentation, they did title cards at the end of each game. And each title card said, like, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Windows PC, Xbox Series X, Windows PC, so on and so forth. Now, Microsoft has made a commitment that they will support games on older hardware, as an Xbox One hardware, for two years. And that the oh, here, I might just highlight the, uh, the quote here. Sorry. So this one comes from The yes. Verge. And they said, in fact, the company explicitly promised that its own in-house first-party games won't require you to buy the new Series X console for two years. So here's Xbox Phil Spe- uh, here's Xbox boss Phil Spencer just last week. Quote, you won't be forced into the next generation. We want every Xbox player to play all the new games from Xbox Game Studios. That's why Xbox Game Studios titles we release in the next couple of years, like Halo Infinite, will be available and play great on Xbox Series X and Xbox One. We won't force you to upgrade the Xbox Series X at launch to play Xbox exclusives. Very divisive in the gamer community of some people are like, this is great. Some people are like, this is stupid. And some people are like, okay, let's see what happens. So I'm in the camp of, let's see what happens. Frankly, I don't care. Because if you want to buy the new system, you're going to buy it because you want to. So Because you want 4K 120. Exactly. FPS, that kind of thing. Exactly. So, I, you know, anyway. 
it's kind of like buying a new graphics card for your PC, basically, to you know help run the newer games better. But you can still play the older games on correct on lower quality. Yes, was the idea. So then there was a total shift in what seemed to be the messaging in this presentation, where it was there's title card for Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Windows PC, and then there's games that you would think that would be in the first two years of the system's life cycle that were just Xbox Series X and Windows PC. So let's jump into it. So first off, the show opened up with Halo Infinite. First campaign campaign gameplay from Halo Infinite. And the game looks like Halo. A lot of uh, really, what do you want to call it? Not Easter eggs, but kind of throwbacks to the original Halo Combat Evolved. Color scheme and everything. I'm totally into it. But then the people that are out for like super fancy console graphics are like, hold on, this doesn't look like the power of the Series X. So... Is it being held back by Xbox One? Are they trying to like juggle, you know, keep that threshold of you know the tolerance level of what does it look like on both systems? Whatever. Anyways, it's optimized for Series X and will have optimizations on PC. And this is all the games that we're going through here are Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Windows PC games. So, you know, I don't know the campaign. In my opinion, I look back at it. I'm like, this is cool. I'm sure it'll be okay. Was I blown away to think that this is gonna be the best Halo ever made? No, I definitely did not. And for a game that's been in development for so goddamn long, it's very frustrating that it looked like that. Um, yeah, you almost want to give them the benefit of the doubt of, like, maybe this is just a demo, like, it's not finalized, the textures aren't all there, but, like, it's been in development for so long. Like, you have to imagine that there's some part of the game that's closer to finish than not that they could show off that doesn't look like an Xbox 360 game. Yeah, <laughs> like, so there's that gif it, of one of the brute-looking characters, um, you know... That, and it looks terrible. So, I, I don't know. I There were a number of... Here we go. I'm just looking up real quick. There were a number of, like, excuses that came out after the fact. Um, so, 343 Industries, the developer, obviously. Um, let's see here. Oh, they got a whole sort of thing here. Chris Lee. Who is Chris Lee? Studio head. Chris Lee didn't shy away from addressing the hot topic. This one comes from wcctech.com uh, Chris Lee says I think for the response on the graphics the thing I hope is that folks get a chance to check out our 4k streaming assets I think that really lets our game show itself in full fidelity uh, we are definitely still very much in development we have some polishing and tuning that the team is working on to really bring the full potential of our experience to our fans later this year in Halo Infinite we definitely are excited about the ambition of the title of this open expansive campaign and we'll make sure that it's polished and ready to go when fans get their hands on it this holiday. The gameplay demo is a great example of how we're running on Xbox Series X. You'll be able to run at a solid 60 frames per second at up to 4K resolution. We're bringing the highest fidelity, a fidelity experience that we've ever created. We're able to do so, do more than 10 times the processing power per pixel the, than we were able to do in Halo 5, which just allows us to create this experience that's unlike anything we've ever we've had in Halo before. In Halo Infinite, we've really harnessed a lot of advanced rendering techniques, but also the immense power of the Xbox Series X. Music is also incredibly important to Halo and to our fans, and I'm really excited that our that after Curtis Schweitzer, a composer that we talked about last year at E3, we got to announce our second composer that's joining Curtis, Gareth Coker. Uh, both Gareth, Gareth and Curtis have been doing an incredible job throughout the demo today. You've been able to experience some of the music that Gareth has worked on. We also upgraded our audio engine to create a new acoustic system and leverage a lot of extra processing power and streaming power with the Xbox Series X to be able to really surround the player in a much more realistic audio experience. So all that to say, okay, it's in development. So there, huh. 
there was something about like uh, someone claiming there was like a it got ported over to a different engine and you know it's still being optimized and you know that it was running on a PC or a lower end Xbox or something. I, I don't know. There's all these different excuses out there. I don't want to cite them because I don't know them by by heart here. So um, I don't know. This is all to say that they basically started off with a pretty not major but well i'd say i guess this is hands down their biggest game that they have this is something they started off with a disappointment yes this was this i mean at first i was kind of imp- i was impressed by what it looked like but it did look very open like someone was like it looked like it was made in minecraft and i was like hmm interesting um, how you say that because it, <laughs> it almost it. does like it's not that blocky but it's at the point where you could be like yeah i could understand why someone would say that so i i don't know Anyways, yeah, go watch it. Judge for yourself. Yes, um, the footage is, is online. And what do you say? Watch the 4K stream. What 4K stream? There's a. Do they re-upload it in a 4K. I guess they version? uploaded. I guess they uploaded a uh, a new um, a set of assets. Excuse me. Interesting. I'll go. Uh, I'll investigate. Put on my magnifying glass. Stop, please. <laughs> um. All right. Then next up was the new game from Don't Nod, which is uh, Tell Me Why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Set you up there. Um, Thank you. And this is like, this almost looks like, did you say it looks like Life is Strange? I did. You did. Okay. Say it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like Life is Strange. It's like a boy and a girl thing. Someone mentioned, I think Don't Nod did uh, Brothers. They did do Life is Strange, by the way. So that's why it has a very similar art style. Oh, anyways, I'll go back to sleep now. Um, I didn't realize that. (laughs) Okay, so that that makes sense. Oh, okay. did you, have you played Vampire? Yeah, I started it. It just didn't feel like yeah. it was made in 2018. It felt like it was made in like 2013. It was remastered. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, so that that was okay. Like, it didn't, didn't really do anything for me. Like, there were no games that were like, holy shit, I need an Xbox Series X right now to play this game in the highest fidelity possible, right? So, yeah. Um, the next one up was Grounded, which is the a, a new survival game by Obsidian. Uh, and published by Xbox Game Studios. It was actually released today in early access. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, this one's the one. we. I'm pretty sure we saw this during Sony's presentation, or at least one Sony presentation, something. No, we saw it during Xbox's, uh, one of their other sessions. Like, they did a full gameplay demo for this game. Are we sure we didn't see it during a Sony thing? I guess it's not coming out. It's an Xbox Game Studios game, so never mind. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, See, people yeah, are yelling like I've seen at a... you. Logan right now is saying, no. Logan, relax. It's okay. I made a mistake. <laughs> Mistakes are what makes us human. <laughs> Stop. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I've seen a lot of this game. So this wasn't anything new. Yeah, no. Um, but this was before every new. trailer, like, world premiere. And it's like, what? Come on. I've seen this. Yeah. Um. So that's going to be optimized for Series X. Okay, great. Let's see how it is. It's got a 6 out of 10 on Steam right now. So not looking too hot. Oh no. Uh Psychonauts 2. This was this game I feel like has been in development for I don't know an eternity. Um and this was supposed to come out this year and it's coming out on all platforms. So another world premiere optimized for Series X uh in development by Double Fine. Uh this was initially announced in 2015. And it's planned. Really? And it's planned to come out next year, apparently. Oh, at the Game Awards! Wow. Yeah, the Game Awards in 2015. Ancient. Yeah, truly. So I I don't know. Um, I never played Psychonauts one, but I know that this is one that people really like. So we'll see. See what comes out of that. 
Um, next up was Destiny 2 Beyond Light, also optimized for Series X. Uh, I don't know if this is just another expansion. What is this? Yeah, it is. Beyond Light is DLC. Um, so they're both coming to Xbox Game Pass. Great for people that like Destiny, I guess. Um, I don't really care about it, so that's just my two cents on it. Um, does Destiny do anything for you? I'm going to say no. Nope, it absolutely does not. Okay, so I thought. I tried the demo and I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Moving on. Um, moving on, Tetris Effect connected. So people got really excited about Tetris. Turns out it's just Tetris Effect a port. So with multiplayer. So multiplayer is cool. Uh, that piece of it is a console launch, launch exclusive, optimized for Series X. Um, I would say the definitive version of this game can be found on the PlayStation 4 with VR support. So Yes. Uh, but here's the kicker. The multiplayer support won't come to the PS4, the original version of the game, until summer 2021. So mm, Love that. That seems kind of shitty, but it's fine. I mean, I don't play Tetris for multiplayer. If I wanted that, I'd play Tetris 99. Yes, but. exactly. Exactly. I thought it was Tetris 99 being ported to Xbox for the record. Um, and then, <laughs> come obviously, on now. That, uh, that was not the case. So, what else? Uh, the Gunk. Optimized for Series X, console launch, console launch exclusive is a new title from Image and Form, who did the SteamWorld Dig games. So those uh, are some of my favorite games. So I do really hope that this is good. Very, very different. Vast departure from SteamWorld Dig. Um, so hopefully this game is good. But we'll see. Looks interesting. It looks like an adventure-ish game. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Um I don't know. It does look pretty, though. Of all the games that they showed off, I think this one looked the prettiest. Yeah. So, um, moving on, New Genesis Fantasy Star Online 2, optimized for Series X, console launch exclusive. Not really too surprising here, because this one was... They did put out, what, Fantasy Star Online, I think they announced, maybe last E3, so I'm not entirely surprised here. I also don't care, because Fantasy Star Online does nothing for me. So, um, I know it was like a, I, a free game years ago. That, like, my the only thing I remember play. about Fantasy Star Online is that it was available on GameCube and you had to get the modem attachment to yes! play on your dial-up connection. That's my only knowledge of that game. It was like the only online game for GameCube. Oh my god. Yes. But, yeah, that's it. So that wraps up all the games that are Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Windows PC. Now we move down into, I guess, some of the more exciting titles um, that are Xbox Series X and Windows PC title card related. So first off was State of Decay 3. Um, that's optimized for Series X, and this is a first-party title. So, have you played any of the State of Decay games? I haven't, no. So I know you got, you played State of Decay 2 for a while, didn't you? Yeah, just a little bit. I would play it here and there, and it was pretty interesting. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's it's interesting. This one comes from Undead Labs, which is one of the, one of the uh, developers that Microsoft uh, went through and, and gobbled up in their big acquisition, or their big, uh, what do you call it? See a sequence of acquisitions, I should say, because they acquired a whole bunch of studios. So, um, yes. interesting, interesting there. I, you know, I guess it's good for people that really like State of Decay. I wasn't entirely crazy about it, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, What's the other zombie game where you can like take chainsaws to zombies? Yeah, something like that. No, but like, what is it? There's oh, it's, it's game a, that's very similar. Oh, oh uh, dying. Not Dead Island. Island not dying light i remember you played it and it was like and you wanted me to play it i forgot what it was called the chain i don't know i'll look it up but you oh dead play. rising yeah that one i always confuse dead rising and state of decay in my yeah, head state of decay is like a, you have a camp you have to survive dead rising is more like a over the top like ridiculous oh you're 
whatever. I don't know. It's like always some ridiculous um, premise like that it's based on. Saints Row for zombies is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah, kind of. You can like craft these different ridiculous weapons. It, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, that's uh, okay. an accurate representation. Um, and someone acts surprised. Forza Motorsport is in development for Xbox Series X. So this comes from Turn Ten Studios. Obviously, this is pretty much a given because there's always one. Uh, there's always a Forza, a Forza Motorsport either in development or uh, available at launch. So, and what was perhaps the largest announcement of the show is that Fable is in fact back in development, not back in development, but in development, whether that's a reboot or whatever that looks like, but Playground Games is back at it again, making a Fable for Xbox Series X. I'd imagine this is probably at least two to three years out if I had to take a wild shot in the dark. Yeah, it was very much just like a very basic teaser. Yeah. Nothing besides the title card. You've never played a Fable game either, right? No, but I want to say I might own one of them i'll look into it yeah who fable knows? i, I never played fable one but i played fable two and then i played i played the, sh- the hell out of that shit or the hell out of fable two um <laughs> i played a lot of fable two on xbox 360 fable three i didn't get into as much but you could become like king and stuff like that which was interesting um is it an rpg, it's RPG it is right? an rpg yep uh, what else? Avowed, uh, optimized for Series X, uh, Obsidian Entertainment. Um, this one looked interesting. It almost looked like Skyrim-ish. So, we'll see. There wasn't much. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It, it just looked like very, I don't know. I, I thought it looked cool. Yeah, it, did, <laughs> it, it, it definitely it did look cool. Um, definitely did look cool. Just, uh, just interesting. I don't know. It was, we didn't see too much of it. So, I'd imagine that one's far off as well. Um... As Dusk Falls, As Dusk Falls, why is that one not ringing a bell? I'm, like, totally lost here. I don't remember either. I'm looking it up. Oh. Uh, it's by Interior Night. Um, I think this is one... Oh, this was that comic book-looking game where it was, like, a 3D world, but the characters were all just stale, drawn models. It was a very interesting art style. Mm. Um... I don't know. It looks to be kind of like a very story-based, kind of like a Telltale-esque game. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's... Let's see. By ex-Quantic Dream Designer. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, it's a completely new IP, so... So that's the thing with the show, is what I what I think is the reason why I didn't, you know, have such a big of an impact, is because a lot of these are new IPs, or not, well... A few more than a few of these are, are new IPs, um, which obviously won't ever get the same impact as uh, as you know a, a revival of a beloved franchise. So I don't know. I Microsoft I feel like just doesn't have too many of those. Like besides Halo, Gears, and Fable, um, which we cover two of those bases. So yeah, I don't know. Sony's presentation just hit a lot harder because everyone loved Spider Man. That Spider Man Two was announced, or, or Spider Man Miles Morales. Sorry, um, and you know like. Ratchet and Clank. Um, I don't even know what else, but it was still exciting. Yeah, <laughs> well, forgot. you know, you're 100 percent right, right? Where it's it was a lot of a lot of sequels or remakes or remasters or whatever you want to call it, like Dark Souls remastered or whatever, built from the ground up. That got people extremely excited. Uh, let me. Well, why don't we get through the rest of this and then let's re, we'll, we'll recap PlayStation's uh, show and then we'll kind of compare the two. 
So yes. Everwild, uh, more gameplay-ish or whatever, was shown off, and that comes from Rare, uh, which this looks super interesting. I think that this is very far off. Like, Rare's talking about they're not even sure what the gameplay looks like yet. So I'm like, okay, well, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Uh, that, they're like, we have a concept. Yeah, that's it. literally. <laughs> this optimized for Series X first party. Stalker 2 was announced, optimized for Series X, console launch exclusive. We talked a little bit about this before. Stalker 1 was a PC game uh, that came out that was, I guess, loved by many because people were pretty excited about this. I always wanted to play it, but I never had a PC powerful enough to. Mm, gotcha. So that was my issue. Um, Warhammer 40,000 Darktide optimized for Series X console, console launch exclusive. Um, so I couldn't tell you anything about this game. Uh, looks weird. Um, <laughs> it's Warhammer, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, the medium, uh, Optimized Series X console launch exclusive. This game looks pretty interesting. Um, that was like the. If w- anything, sorry, continue. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, if anything was to show off the power of the Series X, it's it was this game. Yeah, because they apparently, if the trailers to be believed, they're rendering two different worlds at the same exact time. And you can kind of switch between them. So the medium is like in like the living world and like the spirit world or whatever. And it's like they're very drastic, like very different. And they, like switching between them immediately. Um, as, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty cool effect. This one was shown. We've seen this before. The medium. I don't remember where. I don't remember it, but we may. I have. want to say Sony, but I don't want to <laughs> sound like an idiot again. The medium game. We saw it at the this Nintendo one? conference. No, it wasn't Sony. Where would I seen it before? Because I knew what it was called before the title card came up. I don't know. It was it was definitely this wasn't the first time we've seen this, um, but we, I think I guess we saw some more newer footage, so it looked interesting. Yeah, it, it definitely looked interesting. I think like that whole idea of switching between worlds and stuff like that definitely does start to come up with uh, with the power of the new systems, right? Like we saw yes. a rift. What was it? A rift between or whatever it was. A rift, whatever the Ratchet and Clank game where you could switch yes, between that worlds. One. That was pretty wild. Um, so, a couple. So that wraps up the Xbox Series X, Windows PC, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Crossfire X, which I believe is a free-to-play game, uh, optimized for Series X, a console launch exclusive. A couple other games I want to do want to mention here from Xbox Game Studios, and this actually comes from that graphic that I shared with you, where it shows all the games with the studios. So some that were not mentioned explicitly is Xbox Game Studio. Well, sorry, Ninja Theories, uh, Hellblade Two, Senua Saga. So that there was a developer diary that went up after the show. Uh, so that's yes. also going to be presumably an Xbox exclusive. Uh, Battletoads is being redone, as we saw at last E3. That's being done by Rare. Uh, that's obviously going to be an Xbox exclusive. Uh, Xbox Game Studio Publishing, so Asobo Studio, is doing Microsoft Flight Simulator. I don't know if that's coming to Xbox as well as PC. I know it's definitely coming to PC, but I don't know if it's coming to Xbox. But uh, there's that. It probably, probably is. Yeah. Um, also, Age of Empires 4 wasn't talked about. Correct. Yep. It was Which not. So that's now. another one where I wonder if that's going to be on uh, Series X as well or just PC. And then Wasteland 3 was the last one that we did not talk about here. Um, uh, Scorn as well, but Scorn was shown at the at their other previous game showcase. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So overall, I mean, you know, when you look at a graphic like the one that we're looking at here that shows the little title cards of all the games... I guess it is a good showing of games, just not games that I'm excited to necessarily play. Like, I don't know. Tell me why, and as Dusk Falls, like, those games are fun. Like, once in a while, kind of like a... 
whatever it is. If you want to play, um, what's the game we just talked about? Oh my gosh, the game that looks just Which like uh, the game that looks just like as Dusk Falls. Or tell me oh, why. Life is tell me why Life is Strange. I'm like, wow, I really had a brain fart. Like those <laughs> are the kind of games that I'll play once and kind of be done with it. I don't really want to play many more of them unless they're really compelling. So I feel like those two are going to be tough to grab me in. The Gunk, I could see myself playing that, but that's console launch exclusive, so um, you know, not not much exclusivity there. You know, I'm excited. I'm super excited for Halo. I I think Avowed will be fun. Um, I don't know. A lot of these games are definitely interesting. I just don't know. Like if I compare the two, I'm like, holy crap! I do want to play Miles Morales. Holy crap! I do want to play Ratchet and Clank. I do want to play a lot yeah. of these games. So, as promised, why don't we jump back up to PS5 and let's see. Yeah, and I mean the thing about these games is that like we have Game Pass, so there's no like you don't have to worry about like oh should I buy this game? Should I not? Like they're available to you. So even if you're not too excited about it, it it's literally free for you to download. Well, that's the other game, thing, right? And that's where so. their model really hits home with uh, with Game Pass because yeah. you don't. I'm not paying sixty dollars per game. I can try all these games. I can hate them, and I have Game Pass. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Like there's no there's no uh, no harm done, I guess. So so okay. Quick recap of the PS5 event. Just going down all the main title headers. GTA 5 is coming to PS5. Miles Morales, Gran Turismo 7, Ratchet and Clank. Project Athea, that was the Square Enix game. Uh, Stray is the p- 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 game with the cat. <laughs> the cat game? He said p- 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 <laughs> Returnal was the uh, the new Housemark game. The developers of Resogun is Super Stardust. That's the roguelike alien game. Sackboy, A Big Adventure. Destruction All-Stars. Kena Bridge of Spirits, which looked really cool. That was the Ember Labs game that looked like a Pixar movie. Um, yes. Goodbye, <laughs> Goodbye Volcano High was that really weird dinosaur high school game. Um, Oddworld Soulstorm uh, was the new Oddworld game. Ghostwire Tokyo was that creepy-looking game by Bethesda. Uh, Jet the Far Shore is the new Super Brothers game. Uh, Godfall is that new Gearbox game. Solar Ash is the supposed Hyperlight Drifter sequel. Uh, Hitman 3, Astro's Playroom. Now, granted, all these are not exclusive, uh, but this is just their yeah. show. Little Devil Inside, two, uh, uh, NBA 2K21, Bug Snacks. Demon Souls Remake, Deathloop, Resident Evil 8, Pragmata, Horizon Forbidden West, and then uh, the hardware being revealed. Yeah. Like this I mean of the things that were that were announced here, the things that I'm super excited for, like really like screamed at were Miles Morales, Ratchet Clank, um, Hitman 3. I guess Demon Souls. It's not for me, but I mean it's exciting for a lot of people. Resident Evil 8. And Horizon Forbidden West, don't come for me. I know I'll play. I'll play Horizon Zero Dawn and like it. <laughs> but like, uh, those seem a lot more exciting to me because I know that these are games that I will like. Versus, of the Xbox lineup of like this this image and and the ones that were talked about in the show. I mean, I'll play Halo. I'll, I own the you know I have Game Pass and the remastered uh, the Master Chief Collection is there, so I can you know finally play Halo One, Two, and Three and learn what's going on, figure out the hype. I'm excited for the medium and Call of the Sea, which we didn't talk about before. This was announced at the previous game showcase. Oh, yeah. But besides that, like Avowed looks cool, I guess. Um, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> That's it. I, I'll, I'll land a plane in a flight simulator. That seems like fun. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. All these, I, I don't know. I, I I've listened and read so many articles about this show because I finished 
watching it and I was like, okay, was I the only one that was underwhelmed? Because everyone's like, yeah, 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 no, it was good, it was good, it was good. And some people are like, yeah, no, this is exactly what Microsoft needed. I'm like, huh? Like, are we watching the same show? But then looking back at it, at what they have, they've essentially started paving the path of, look, we do have games that are coming out and we do have games that are in development and it's going to be a bumpy ride, but we're going to get, we're going to keep the pipeline built to be able to be the Sony and have that flair uh, that Sony's had. Because remember, at one point, Sony was able to show Spider-Man, Last of Us Part Two, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and there was a fourth one that I cannot remember. Days Gone was... I'm just recalling A3, the booths that they had. Days Gone was one of their big things. Obviously, that wasn't that great, but... Yeah, but I mean, um, still, those are like... those even Even just Ghost of Tsushima... Last of Us Part Two and Spider-Man are three huge games that I thought were in the same year, but I'm starting to second-guess myself. No, Spider-Man was last year. Or two years ago. What? Was two years ago? Oh my god, has it been two years? No. Yeah, we, we had this same issue last time we talked about this. We, I'm pretty sure it was two years Alzheimer's. ago. It's fine. Because we talked about it possibly being on PS Plus, and then it turned out to not be. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, regardless... Because we have Game Pass like this, it's it's we're in an awesome spot to be able to try all of these games, and maybe some of them will be great. Maybe you know, I mean, I need to take advantage more of Game Pass. You know, I almost like I'm like what games am I gonna play? I, I own no games. I have nothing. But there's like a million games that I subscribe to and pay monthly for. But yeah, I never and touch, that's and that's so. where Xbox really succeeds. So that's where when you keep that in mind, it's like yeah, you could buy you could buy a Series X and you could be introduced to full backwards compatibility. Like you have a definitive box where you've got full backwards compatibility, you've got Game Pass, you are set with games, without a doubt. And that's, I think maybe that's what I lose sight of, and while it's not like the most, oh my god, there's no new Banjo-Kazooie, there's no new this or that, Xbox is in this weird lull where it's like, and Nintendo and Sony have both been there before, where it's like, okay, this is the show we're going to get a new Uncharted, and there's no new Uncharted. This is the show we're going to get a new Mario. Remember the years where it was like, there was no new Mario or Zelda for like literally three years or two years, whatever yes. it was. And I was like, holy crap, when are we going to see the new Mario and Zelda? Yes. The whole like Wii U era. Yeah. was kind of a shit show. Yeah. And I um, feel like that's kind of where we're at, where like even showing the teaser for Fable was enough of a fan service to people like me and other people that you know grew up and playing Fable that are like, oh, okay, good. Fable's coming. Like, that's good. Yeah. But what's, what's in the now and what's here now and. I think for for those that are maybe confused about what to get this fall or how what the path forward, I think the way to go is get a PS5 because, you know, it doesn't have to be right at launch, but PS5, I think, will have the most exclusives that you won't be able to have anywhere else. And if you already have an Xbox One, just keep it. And I think that's, I don't know, if, there, I don't, if you already have an Xbox, then you're great. If you don't, I don't think that there's anything that's extremely compelling to warrant purchasing yeah. one at this point. Yeah, and 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 I and I would agree with that. I'd say that you know, like there's a lot of there's been 120 FPS modes announced for like Ori in the Blind or Ori in the Will of the Wisps and Gears Five specifically. So which is great because then that's like presumably the best way to play those games, um, especially for Ori in the Will of the Wisps that had frame rate drops at launch. So. Those are definitely the best way to play those games. I, I would agree with you that like if you bought into an Xbox Series X, there is probably not much of a reason to upgrade to... Uh, wait, no. An Xbox One X, I mean. There's probably no reason for you to really upgrade to an Xbox Series X 
unless you really feel compelled to experience something in 4K60 or whatever, you know, whatever it's going to end up upgrading it to. But there's also a price discussion there, right? We don't know the price of either of these consoles. So Sony may come in and say the disk list version will be 500 and, and the disk drive version will be 600. Whereas Microsoft may say, hey, the Series X is 400, right? Then you're essentially, and Microsoft's made this comment in the past, we've talked about it on the show, where Microsoft's making all their money on Game Pass Ultimate. They're not necessarily making money off hardware. They're getting you to buy the Series X and they're getting your money every month through Game Pass Ultimate. So something to consider there because if you tell me xbox series x is 400 versus a ps5 all digital version is 500 and i can pay more or less we'll say 400 plus an additional 120 or whatever the price is for a year of game pass on sale i would say that xbox is probably the better deal there but if you're in my boat or i guess both of our boat where you have a gaming pc then yeah, there, there's even less of an incentive to purchase a console because most of these are coming to Windows. Yeah, actually, everything that was announced at the show was coming to Windows. Yes, and that's so. yeah, and and I think they announced that Halo Infinite was going to launch PC day and date, right? Where it's going to come out on Xbox One and PC. I believe so. Yeah, which I think that is going to do it a lot of favors. There's a lot of people out there that are PC only gamers, and they are going to buy. They're going to buy Halo Infinite. Yeah, and I'm assuming that PC will be the best way to play. Like, they say Optimize for Series X will also have optimizations for PC. I think PC will arguably probably play the best, better than Xbox Series X. Well, I don't know. I don't think that's going to really take advantage of, like, the solid-state drive stuff. Yeah. So maybe loading times will be a little slower, but... Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't. think... I think it'll play best on Xbox Series X because they need a selling point for the Series X. But, uh, well... It'll play best on PC, assuming you have an expensive graphics card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. then there's a cost of a discussion of like cost and stuff. Sure. But anyways. Overall, we'll see what happens. I'm more excited to see the prices uh, for, the, for the systems and everything else because I think that we're almost in August now and we have no idea on the price. I'm concerned that these systems are going to get pushed, if not to like February or March of next year. Which would yeah, be having a price at this point is pretty shocking. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, when did we get the PS4 price or the Xbox One price? PS4 price announced. Uh, I don't know. PS5. Remember when you said that there's no news this week, and now here we are over an hour, and we still have like four things to talk about. Well, it's funny because we can run through them. When well, the Xbox event was like so disappointing. I didn't think we were going to get well to me at least in the moment, but June fifteenth, twenty. June 11, 2013, the PS4 price was announced. Okay, well, we're well past that, so. <laughs> yeah, and then Xbox One. I mean, one. we don't even have launch dates, let alone prices, so who knows. Yeah. I think they're both, like, waiting for the other to announce the price. They are. And no one's doing it, <laughs> so who knows. Yeah, so it is funny because, X well, and this is where, this is where it gets interesting because Xbox One release date and price reveal happened June 10th, which was their E3 event, and then Sony did theirs June 11th. Let me just watch this real quick. What's this? Uh, they really released... Oh, that was during E3 times that they dropped their prices. Correct. Oh, that's coming out my headset. Hello? Oh. Coming November? I can't hear what you're hearing, mm. so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Remember when they announced that the Xbox One was going to be $500? I remember that. 
and was it not? And, like, Did they drop it? Well, they drop. Well, yeah, they started dropping like the Connect and everything pretty quickly after that, and then, <laughs> then Sony came out and was like, "Our PS4 will be four hundred dollars." They absolutely took advantage of the fact that their press conferences always last, and I think that that's why there's like this: who's going to shoot first? Because literally, they announced ninety nine, and you can YouTube PS4 price announcement. People are literally like cheering their minds off, like they are. They're so, they're just ecstatic. And Sony took advantage of Microsoft at that point, and we all know that they did, right? It's it's just, yes, it's pretty common knowledge there. So I think that they are waiting to see who shoots first. Obviously, given coronavirus, we're a full month and a half from the normal time frame. So I would say that we should know a price by, I'd say, no later than August 15th. I think it'll be really interesting just because we know that people are spending a lot more money on video games now with the whole epidemic or pandemic. Um, so I wonder if if the PS5 is going to be, you know, 500, 600 or 450, 550, um, if that'll be too much of a deterrent for people who are, you know, actively buying Ring Fit Adventure for $200 on eBay. Yeah. So, well, it'll be interesting to see. There's something else to consider there too with the stimulus packages that keep going through or keep being proposed, I should say, because I don't think it's gotten the yes. second one's gone through yet. But there's all there was also a surge of like switch sales and everything else with the pandemic and with the stimulus packages. So, yeah. you know, something to consider as well. So, yes. Anyways, all right, that's been the Microsoft lineup and Sony comparison and everything in between. So hopefully by this time next week we have a price and release date because that'd be really nice. We won't, but. We'll see. No, we won't. <laughs> we definitely will. I'm banking on like a September is when they're going to announce it. No, there's there is just no low. way. Like it's just it. There, you can't market. You can't market well enough with two months. Yeah, we'll see. I we'll see. It's a whole new world out there, Paul. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you. The world beyond, <laughs> as The Walking Dead would say. <laughs> Anyways, in completely surprising news, completely out of left field, um, one announcement that came out of Comic Con at home that I didn't talk about earlier was uh, kind of a surprise announcement from G4. Remember G4 TV back in, like, 2002? Mm -hmm. um, this one comes from Destructoid. Uh, in a surprising announcement, it appears that the uh, 2000s TV gaming channel G4 is getting ready to make a comeback in 2021 following a teaser trailer broadcast this weekend uh, during this weekend's Comic-Con at Home digital event. The short clip, which you can check out, you know, if you Google it, um, sees a camera pick its way through an abandoned warehouse filled with gaming paraphernalia, old and new, along with references to classic G4 shows, hosts, and running gags. A quiet game of Pong is then interrupted by an incoming transmission, followed by the G4 logo and the simple statement, we never stopped playing. Uh, the G4 TV Twitter has also been reactivated, along with all the other Twitters from like Attack of the Show and whatever else. Um, they all like tweeted the same video at the same time with the we never stopped playing. Um, so this is pretty exciting. Um, my question is how this is going to look or what form this is going to take in the era of YouTube and Twitch, because this kind of filled the void where, you know, there was no Twitch, there was no YouTube. This was, you know, you can watch people playing video games on TV or giving impressions or whatever. But now that people are more set on, you know, following specific content creators on you know, YouTube or Twitch or not, I was going to say Mixer, but rest in peace. Um, like, will this be viable? Or what form will it take? Will it be a cable TV channel, or will it be just a Twitch channel, um, or will it be like its own kind of video on demand service? Who knows? 
who knows what it will, what form will take but it's pretty exciting i guess i never got to watch it because i never had um we never got it as a kid because my mom was like what money this was, was it like, was always interesting right. to watch g-force coverage of e3 like i always got a kick out of that um yeah you know but it was the easiest way to watch it as a kid because you couldn't like live stream on your dial-up internet like <laughs> you had to watch it on g4 um at least i couldn't so i would like go to a friend's house but yeah we'll see what happens pretty exciting regardless it, it is very interesting and i don't know i guess we'll see who was the who was the um oh, the attack of the show host that said i'm surprised we remembered the password or whatever who the hell said that um i don't remember i have to look it up anyways yeah i do not recall um and then some other exciting news this was literally announced this morning uh animal crossing new horizons summer update wave 2 was announced um, we're getting fireworks shows every Sunday through August, and you can uh, have custom-designed fireworks, and also there's new summer items like sparklers and things like that. Um, and then this was rumored previously because someone like you know went into the game files and figured out that it was coming. Um, you can visit other islands in your dreams. So in Animal Crossing New Leaf, this took the form of the Dream Suite, where it was a building that you can go visit, and you can go visit other islands. Um, whereas this, you just go to sleep in your bed in your house, and uh, you'll be able to like dream into other islands. Um, so this is cool because it's an asynchronous way to share your island without like risking you know people picking your flowers or you know stealing stuff or whatever. Um, you can just upload like a, a, a version of your island to the cloud and people can visit it you know come and go as they please and there's no real um, a risk or need to keep your switch open or anything like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then Island Backup and Restoration is coming July 30th, which Paul had talked about before. Um, so you're finally able to now, you know, back up your island to a cloud file, assuming you have a Nintendo Switch online, um, and restore it to another device, presumably. There was, um, there really was like some many red details. tape, but there were some limited details on it, but I don't know yeah, if I read I it correctly. I tried to find the more details, but I couldn't find them. Yeah, I saw something about, like, you have to call Nintendo support or something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was true or not, but let's see. It's two days from now. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and then finally, a Halloween update was confirmed for fall. I mean, it didn't say Halloween. It just set up pumpkin. So I'm assuming it'll be like spooky month or something. I guarantee you we are going to get pumpkin patches like to like the vegetable uh, rumor that was going around. I bet you that's going to happen. Ooh, yeah, we can harvest. Perfect. All right. We have to, we're going to jump in. back in. Come on. I am. I have to get... I don't think I'm missing any fish for July, but I'll have to check. Oh, um, my God. I might be. Anyways. <laughs> well, you got two days. Um, last but not least, PlayStation Plus and Xbox Games with Gold uh, free games for August. On PlayStation, we have Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered. Um, and then Xbox, we got Portal Knights and MX Unleashed are coming out in the first part of August, followed by Override, Mech City Brawl, and Red Faction 2 in like the you know mid-August. It has been like so 85 years since I've played Red Faction 2, so. It's been 85 years since I've downloaded a Games with Gold game, because I constantly forget that that is a perk. Oh my gosh. Of Games with Gold. So, the Live August lineup is actually huge for PlayStation Plus. So, Fall Guys was, this is, I think this is going to be another case where like Rocket League was offered for free and then it like really took off. Fall Guys, I'm pretty sure, is going to become like a really big game. It's a game published by Devolver Digital, and it gained a lot of traction when it was first announced because it was like a Devolver Digital game, which gave it some clout, and then it was also, it just looked interesting, and it looked it looked fun. But uh, definitely, you know, 
go take a look at it. It's a very interesting looking game. So this game is actually coming to PS Plus. It's launching a August 4th, so it's coming straight to PS Plus, which is really cool. And I don't think we've had a game like that in a while. Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered just came out a few months ago. So that's also another big one because it's exclusive to PS4 right now. Oh, I didn't realize that Fall Guys is literally like a brand new game. That's why I was like, you you had mentioned this was huge. I was like, I've never heard of this. Um, yeah. That's why, because it's literally releasing August 4th. So that's exciting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm like looking it up and there's an article. The first re- result on Google is from Polygon. It says Fall Guys may be the next huge game of 2020. Yeah. Um, so, and now on the flip side, unfortunately, like the games coming from Xbox, at least Portal Knights and MX Unleashed are like the budget games that you find on the $20 rack that nobody wants. And I don't know what Override Mech City Brawl is, but Red Faction 2 I, was my jam back in the day. But that's an original Xbox game. So Yeah, MX Unleashed is an original Xbox game as well. Um, so yeah, that'll be good. Exciting stuff. Yes. I think that finally wraps up episode 85 of what the fun cast it's been four score comments seven years any last words no um (laughs) i have nothing all right cool um we will catch y'all next week with episode 86 as as paul wishes maybe we'll have a price for both the ps5 and the xbox series x i'm banking on a hard note i think that Um, when one of them announces the other one is going to announce like within 24 hours Yes. You have 24 hours to like, respond. There's got to be... I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the room where they're making these decisions. Like, There's got to be a plan A, B, C, D, E, and F. Like, If yes. they announce PS5 at $600 or $500, $400, whatever. So it'll be very interesting. Yes, it will be very interesting. I think Xbox is going to shoot first because I think they're very confident in their pricing. Something tells me that their hardware is going to be very underpriced because of the whole subscription with Game Pass. I do think Series X will be $400. Yeah. So I think that I don't think the PS5 can go that low. So I think Microsoft is confident regardless, and they're just toying with Sony. They're like, hmm, how far can we uh, can we keep going? Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I think that PS5 is going to be four fifty, five fifty, like I've said in the past. At a minimum, I don't, I don't think it can be any cheaper than that. If they announced the digital only version at four hundred, I'd be shook. I would be shook as well. We shall see. Time will tell. All right, this has been it for. Or this is it for episode 85 of the Funcast. This is Paul Ahmed signing off. Peace.